and said, okay, this woman is still here. She's not going away. She's holding her stomach. She's saying it's Lucille, something with an L, holding her stomach like she died of, maybe it's not stomach cancer, but something like it. And this time I raised my hand. So, and then more evidential stuff, more evidential stuff. And that was enough for me at the end of that evening. It was enough for me to say, all right, this is too unbelievable. Even as an accountant, I can't, I can't just process this away. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, There's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hey guys, I'm talking to my friend Annette today, Annette Marinaccio, and she is a volunteer with me at the Forever Family Foundation. She wrote a book called Your Soul Focus about the afterlife and afterlife evidence. And she is a fellow left brainer, super logical minded person. She's even an accountant. So she might even be more left brain than me. So we have definitely bonded about this and she still thinks there's evidence of an afterlife. So hopefully that can give you guys some hope. It definitely gives me hope when I meet other left brainers who assess all the evidence the same way I do. So Annette can introduce herself and take it from here, and then we'll begin our conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And yes, my name is Annette Marinaccio, and I'm a certified public accountant, so I'm definitely very deeply set in this, in the, I think they call it the 2D world, you know, the uh, left brain uh, world. And I had, you know, I I can't really say that I was skeptical about an afterlife, but I really had not thought about it. I was very busy, you know, living and uh, living my life and, um, you know, working and, uh, you know, my family life. I was married, I'm married with two kids, two children, two adult children now. But so I was very busy with all that and had not really thought about the afterlife until my mother-in-law died, which was in 2006. And after she died, she was very intent on proving to me that she was actually still here. And so once I started, I guess, accepting and understanding the signs and synchronicities that she was sending my way, then I became absolutely 
engrossed and fascinated and almost obsessed with it and needed to really understand basically if life goes on, then what exactly are we doing here? So I spent like, I would say three years, four years, just researching everything I could metaphysical. And that's where I connected with the Forever Family Foundation and their mission. Our mission is to scientifically prove that there's an afterlife. So they were wonderful, like-minded people, which helped my growth in that, you know, along that vein. And after probably about four years of really what I would say intense research for me, I felt I had a handle on it. I was like, you know something? I know what the afterlife's about. I sort of, I sort of understand a lot of what's, what's going on here. And I was satisfied and sort of done and volunteering my time to Forever Family and, you know, those kinds of things. But as the universe would have it, and the universe often does, I was placed in the path of people who needed tidbits of my knowledge at the time they needed it. And I was like, geez, this is sort of fascinating, you know? And that's what made me sort of at some point say, I have to just consolidate everything I know into a book and circulate it that way. And that's what I did this year with Your Soul Focus, actually 2021, with Your Soul Focus. So I'm going to back up and ask you a lot of questions about everything you just said. So first of all, you said the first time you started to really think about an afterlife was your mother-in-law passed away and gave you signs. What was the very first thing she did that made you think, wait, what is that? So, and, and I, I can't say it's one particular thing. It was a, a series, but what happened was about five days after we buried her, my 13-year-old daughter and I were having breakfast at the table before she went to school and before I went to work. And she said to me in a very matter-of-fact way, and we were not one to a family to ever really speak about, you know, death or afterlife, that kind of thing. She said, guess what? I got a sign from Grandma Lucille. That's my mother-in-law's name, Grandma Lucille yesterday. And I was like, what? (laughs) So that was, I guess, the first thing, right? And then she proceeded to tell me that she was in art class making a 3D card, and she had a container of pom-poms from the art closet, and she had decided to make a green and red pom-pom card. So she counted 11 green and 11 red. I don't know why 11, but she counted them and double-checked them. And even now, as an adult, she's very detail-oriented. So it would be just like her to sort of double-check. So she double-counted and everything. And then went back to put the pom-poms away and came back to her desk and found 11 green, 11 red, one lavender, and one ivory. And she said, so Grandma must have placed the lavender and the ivory one there. And I was like, how and why? And she said, well, they're the exact colors of the balloons that we let go at the gravesite. And so I think she's thanking me for the balloons. And I was like thinking to myself, I wonder if she's really having a very difficult time with this death and is hallucinating <laughs> these pom-poms. <laughs> But then she continued, and I, but I didn't say that, and I didn't let that on because I was a little concerned. And she, she continued. She said, do you want to see them? And I was like, okay. Now it's getting more fascinating. She runs up in her bedroom, and she comes down, sure enough, with two pom-poms, lavender and ivory, the exact colors of the balloons we let go at the gravesite. And so now I was just like, now this is really weird. because did, So I said to her, how did they get there? And she 
played all the scenarios over in her head. She's also very left brain. And she said, well, they must have either appeared or floated through the air, but nobody was around my desk. So I know nobody put them there. I know I didn't put them there. I know they didn't fall out. She had like discounted all the possibilities that you would normally think of. And so I was a little bit fascinated by that, but just tucked it in the back of my mind. But I was telling a lot of friends and family about it. And so the the combination was that story. And then about a week later, I was speaking to a very dear friend of mine. She's still a dear friend of mine. And she, we had just never, never spoken about the afterlife. We just had never come up. But I told her the pom-pom story. And she, in a very matter-of-fact way, said, Annette, you believe in the afterlife, don't you? As if it's like a normal thing to believe in. <laughs> and that's the subtitle of my book. Because I was, that, that line really led me on the path. Because now I had the story from my daughter and then a dear friend who was very matter-of-fact about the afterlife, which I am now, very matter-of-fact about it, but she was then. Then I was like, what? You believe in the afterlife? And she's like, of course there's an afterlife. And so that combination was my, the first opening of my eyes. Wow. And do you know why this friend is so confident about afterlife? Did she share experiences or she just always thought that? So it's interesting. She said that she she's always thought that, and but she had specific signs after her dad died. Her dad died relatively early in life. And she actually told me she frequents a medium on Long Island, Josephine Gearingelli, who's in my book. She frequents her to tap into her father to tap into Maria's father, to get advice. Like, I'm thinking of naming my son X. M Mom wants to move out of the house now. Do you think now's the right time or should we wait? So she has conversate, like life conversations with her deceased father through this medium. So that's her. So she was telling me these stories, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was just so shocked. But again, the way the universe just strings up these synchronicities, probably about a week after that, my husband and myself and my son and my recently widowed father-in-law <clears throat> went out to a restaurant in, just on Main Street in our town. And we were placed at a table next to a window. And on the window was this large poster that there was the size of the window. And it was facing the street, so we were behind it, but we could see that it said dinner and show with Josephine G, the exact medium that my girlfriend had just told me about. So I was like, oh my gosh, like again, you know? But again, it was my mother-in-law just weaving, weaving the path for me. And so I went home, called my girlfriend up, said, do you wanna go to this show? It was in three months. She said, yes. So we ended up going to this event, this Josephine G event. And at that event, my mother-in-law came through, insistent on coming through. The first time Josephine came over to me with evidence of my mother-in-law, you typically like take the microphone and speak. I froze. I did not take the microphone. I just totally frozen. And so Josephine went and read somebody else, but my mother-in-law wouldn't give up. And so she, so this was now April of 2007 and she died October of 2006. 
Can I ask you, what was it she said that made you know it was actually your mother-in-law? She said, I have Lucille here. <laughs> now, Lucille was my mother-in-law's name. <laughs> so she said, I have Lucille here. She's got very dark hair, which my mother-in-law had. And I was busy in my head playing through, okay, I made the reservations. My girlfriend, how my girlfriend wrapped me out. I, I don't understand. Like I was playing everything in my head. Did I pay already? Does she have my credit card? And I, I made the reservations, a net party of three. Yeah, I had another friend come too. And they had no payment information or anything. And they didn't have your last name, just your first. Just a net party of three. So I was just, that's why I was just, when she said, I have Lucille here, that's pretty evidential. <laughs> it's my mother-in-law's name. She's got dark black hair, which she did. And she's holding her stomach like she died of stomach cancer. My mother-in-law died of pancreatic. And so I didn't take the microphone. I was petrified. And so she said, and my girlfriend's kicking me under the table. That's your mother-in-law. Take the microphone. I was like, no way. And then she basically said, all right, if it's not Lucille, it's somebody with an L maybe. And then the woman behind our table raised her hand and said, my name's Elizabeth. And then Josephine went over to her and proceeded to read her with stuff that pertained to me. So she said, to, she said, oh, okay, if this is for you, Elizabeth, are you going to Italy in a couple of months? And Elizabeth was like, no, I just came back from Florida. Meanwhile, I booked Italy for a couple of months from then. So she was like, it was like my stuff, you know? And then she went and read somebody else and came back to our table and said, okay, this woman is still here. She's not going away. She's holding her stomach. She's saying it's Lucille, something with an L holding her stomach like she died of, maybe it's not stomach cancer, but something like it. And this time I raised my hand. So, and then more evidential stuff, more evidential stuff. And that was enough for me at the end of that evening. It was enough for me to say, all right, this is too unbelievable. Even as an accountant, I can't, I can't just process this away. I mean, the pom-poms, to Maria telling me about Josephine, to going out to dinner to a place where she was going to be in three months, to her coming through with my mother-in-law, and, and eventually she came through with my mother's name, which is Rita. I, I, there, there's, some, there's something going on here that I need to understand. That, and that was my initial chain. So, wow. I mean, I trust that you had your, an intelligent left brain assessment, and it just comes down to... How do you explain this? I mean, both of those. And I know there's more details you added in your book, which don't need to go into here because I definitely think people should read it. But I'm curious. So then what was the next thing you did after that experience? So that was, you're right. I just like kept thinking through all the possibilities. And again, I went into it thinking that it would be a little bit almost like a magic show. So I was shocked, but my mother-in-law was very insistent and, and to the point where I didn't raise my hand and she came back again. So that I attribute to my mother-in-law sort of opening my eyes to this. But when I drove home that evening, which was relatively late, it was a Sunday evening, April of 2007, I woke my husband up and I was like, you're never going to believe this. And I went through everything. And so that was the fir very first next thing I did was try and like a sounding board think, is he going to tell me I'm absolutely nuts? Or, you know, <laughs> he's also an accountant. And he was fascinated. So then I started, like I said, for three or four years, I read everything I could metaphysical. 
I went to medium shows. I went to metaphysical workshops. I went to psychic workshops to develop my own psychic ability, which I will say I'm not that good at, although people, since I've written the book, have said, I think the universe is just sort of, you know, tapping into your abilities in a different way. So I don't have a, maybe a traditional psychic sense, but I do have some kind of sense, I guess. I'll tell you a story about, interesting current story about that, that I'm just like, I love. But anyway, so the very next thing is I started dragging family and friends to all kinds of events, all kinds, you know, just different readings and just anything I could get my hands around and head around and drive to. I basically spent like, you know, three or four years just researching it as best I can and, and opening it up for different friends and family members, I would say. And I'm going to ask you more about all that, but you said, I want to get back to this part. You said you'll tell a story about all this. This happened the other day. And I just like, you know, I, in terms of psychic sense or whatever, which I don't like to think I have, I don't think I have, like I meditate and I want to try and see the other side and I don't have any of that ability. My left brain is so strong, but I'll tell you this story that just happened that I just think, wow, there's <laughs> something to this. So I work in an office building in Manhattan, New York. It's four levels. And on the, in the main level where you walk in, there's security desk. And so they sit there with panels of TVs sort of watching, you know, just the hallways and the elevator, make sure people don't get you know, stuck in an elevator or whatever. And the same woman security guard is there for, you know, I go in there six years. And before COVID, it would be every day I'd go in. But now we sort of go in like twice a week, three times a week. Every time I walk in, I say, hello. She says, hello. And that's it. I don't know her name. And there's always different security people there on the way out, but she's usually the morning person. And for the last two months, so this is, I'm going to say it started like October of 2021. When I would go in, I, I really want to give her a copy of my book as a gift. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. I just want to. And I have no idea why. I don't know her name. <laughs> it's the strangest topic, the afterlife. I don't know if she's spiritual at all, but I think I want to give it to her because she's in a job where you're sitting, you know, watching these cameras. And I'm thinking that's got to be the kind of personality that would also like to read a book because you have the time. But, but then again, you know, she's working. She can't read a book while she's working. So I don't know. But I've been every day I pass her on the two or three days I've been going in and I'm thinking, I have to just ask her if she's a reader and would like a book with my mask on, I'm walking in. And every day I just pass her, hello, hello. And I don't bring it up because I'm not brave enough to bring it up. And the day after um, 
Christmas, like, you know, that Monday, let's say the 27th or something like that, I, I went into work again. And this day, as I'm driving into work, so this was just like last week, I'm playing in my head, if that woman is there, it's, it's holiday time, it's the time of giving, I have to give her my book. And so I'm going to have to be brave enough to broach the topic. And it's such a weird topic. <laughs> it's just, you know, but I said, I kept, I kept saying, I have to do it. I have to do it. And I was just convincing myself to do it. I walk into the building that morning. She's there. She says hello in her cheery voice. I say hello. And I pass her and go to the elevators because I'm not brave enough to bring it up. And then I back up. I back up. I actually walk back and I say to her, I don't know why I'm pulled to ask you this, but are you a spiritual person and do you like to read books? And she stands up from her desk and she says, I do like to read books. And she said, and what was your other question? I said, are you a spiritual person? And she said, I'm trying to be. My mother died on December 9th and we just buried her December 24th. No, whoa, fuck, that's crazy. I love that. I just got real chills. And so I was like, what? just just now you just buried her just this december and she said yeah last week and she was and then as she stood up i could see her under her mask her eyes were all puffy and swollen and she said i'm trying to stay positive it's just very very difficult now and i was like oh my gosh i definitely have to get you my book so i said as a gift i didn't want her to think i was like, trying to sell her a book so i ran it to my car got a book out of my trunk of the car came back in i handed her the book and i said I thought this was a gift from me, but it's, I think it's a gift from your mother. And I handed her the book. She hugged the book. And the book is like, it's a nice color, the blue. And so she hugged the book like this. And she said, I can't start to, I can't wait to start reading this tonight. She said, thank you so much. And I said, I, I can't believe, I said, I I'm so sorry for your loss. And then as I'm walking away, I was like, what's your name? I still don't even know. And she said, my name is Evie. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. My name's Annette. I'm a, I'm a vice president upstairs, you know, which is the truth. I'm just a worker upstairs, but I happen to have written this book this year. And she was like, I just can't wait to start reading this tonight. So I'm actually looking forward to going back in the office and seeing if she enjoyed the book. You know, I said, well, enjoy it. But afterwards, I got goosebumps. I was like on cloud nine for the longest time. I still am. Because obviously, I don't think I have psychic ability, like traditional psychic ability, but I actually use the words, I've been pulled to ask you these questions, the same way a medium would say, I'm pulled or drawn to you. I, it was this exact same experience. Like I just was working up the bravery to ask her those out of not, not non-normal questions. And when I did, they turned out to be so valuable to her at this point in her life. So yeah, that's my current story to show you how, you know, it's interesting how the universe works. That just gave me chills. And I feel like, cause I've had a few, as you probably know, like experiences where I've gotten psychic or medium information. And there seems to be some way where people who don't have abilities overall, you know, will suddenly have these moments where, when they're really seeking to understand if there could be something to this, it'll happen every once in a while, not with the consistency it does with mediums, but 
when there's like a desperation or a point or, you know, I know for me, which the, you know, I've talked about the details some other times to all the listeners. It's also in my book, but there was this time where I was just doing cold reading kind of as a joke. I was challenged to do it, like do a fake reading as a joke at a forever family event. And I got all this real information and it physically felt different. And I mean, I can't do that any other time. I can't do it on call. It's happened a few times, but for me that opened, this was when I was still very early and still very skeptical and it opened me up to understand the next level and to trust the mediums at the next level and allowed me to research the next level. So it's like when it has this big purpose that's so cool. And her mom must have just been like, give this to my daughter. I know. Give this. I'm finally learning how to get through <laughs> to your brain, which isn't easy to do because you're not, you know, <laughs> who knows what mediums have. I assume they'll probably find some biological brain structure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a physical thing if I could guess. Yes, I would think so too. It's got to be something with the brain, like a different area of the brain is larger or activated or something like that. But yeah, that's, it has to be that that whole, a whole drive in to work that day. It was like a half hour drive. I was just trying to get up the bravery to say something to her. I kept saying, if she's there, I'm going to do it. Today's the day. But I've been playing this over for the last two months when I drive in. But that day I actually backed, I actually passed her and then went back to do it. So I know her mother was just shaking me as best she could. And I, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned about, you know, when you, when, how these um, kinds of occasions come and go for people that aren't traditionally psychic. I think you're right. I think they come when you're in a position to learn something else or in a position and, or in a position to share something with someone to, to just help them on their journey. Because it's interesting, my one of my girlfriends, after I wrote the book, she said to me, geez, your mother-in-law must have been such a strong individual. And I was like, she was strong, but I don't know that she was so much stronger than anybody else. And she said, well, you guys must have had, you two must have had such a strong relationship. And I was like, we did. We had a very great loving relationship. But, I, you know, again, I don't know that it would be that different than any other loving relationship. And then she said, but then why did she pick you to come through to? And I was like, I don't know. And and it, it always fascinated me that once my mother-in-law started that journey for me and she enlisted my spirit guides and she enlisted d other deceased relatives on that side, they gave me morsels of information at times when they knew I was ready to receive them and digest them. They didn't just flood me. It was like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Another thing another thing. And every time they gave me something, it was with a distinct purpose to learn something else, another facet. And so then my girlfriend said to me, wait a minute, I know why your mother-in-law chose you because she knew you'd write the book. She knew you'd put your pen to paper and actually put it down, put something down in writing and help people. And I was like, you know something? I think that's true. I think we're given, especially people who aren't traditionally psychic, we're given tidbits of information or waves of information at just at the right time for us to make sure that we share it with others or just at the right time for our own knowledge so that we incorporate it within ourselves so that we're in a position to share it later on with somebody. I think, it, I think there's always a purpose to why we're getting something. 
I guess there are two things that I sort of relate to in what you said. One is I just find it so interesting that I knew exactly what to Google and the exact book to read that gave me a chance to consider this because there's so many books. I don't even want to say they're nonsense, but they're a lot more of a spiritual tone and they're easier to find. They have better, higher rankings. I should have found them first, but they're just not as like logical science-based as my first book was by, well, first it wasn't a book on Einstein and time travel, but that's a little more not by Einstein about Einstein and time travel. I just said by Einstein. But the other very first book about all of this was Dr. Jim Tucker, who is a child psychiatrist who researches cases of kids with past life memories. And that isn't the first thing that would show up in Google ranks normally about whether someone who wants to learn more about past lives or reincarnation. And that was the very first thing I found and it showed up on the top and I just found it so interesting that, and then I remember I had a psychic medium reading early on and she actually was not a good medium. She was not getting anything accurate about my father and heads up. She was not part of forever family, but I, I sensed she was genuine. She wasn't trying to cheat. She wasn't trying to make things fit when I kept saying no, she just was like, I'm sorry. I don't know. This is all I'm getting. And then if I could guess now, looking back, she was actually a psychic and not a medium and not, there's a line, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. But, and some who aren't as well trained can't tell the difference. But what was interesting, and I was dismissing this, I was like, this is the worst reading I ever had. She was like, I see you doing stuff related to all of this. And I was like, are you crazy? I barely believe this. No. And I, you know, I was like, okay, just listening. And she was like, you're going to be teaching your mother which I sense have, but you know, we definitely don't have the mother daughter relationship where I'm like the mother role. Like she's very like caretaking of me and educated and, you know, very much the mother role. So I was like, what is she talking about? She's like, you're so much more advanced than her. You're going to be doing stuff with spirituality and mediumship. And she's like, but I don't think you have abilities. She's like, I can't quite figure out what you're going to be doing. I see you standing in front of people and speaking about this. She's like, I just don't get why this is coming through. And I was like, this is such bullshit now. <laughs> Here I am. So, and I re-listened to it, not remembering she'd even said that, you know, and I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. She was, was actually a really good psychic reading. Yeah, that was a psychic reading for sure. Yeah. And way before, I mean, she couldn't have even been reading my mind because this was like my fifth reading, like a month and a half into like when I started getting readings. I mean, there was just, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. It is. So I want to ask, so you said, I want to back up a little to the path you were on. So you said after this, you started delving in, you started taking classes, you started going to other readings. What was your experience with that? Where did you find most of the mediums were good? Where was there a lot of nonsense that kind of made you think, oh, maybe I was off base? Like what was sort of the next trajectory? Well, it's interesting because I would say all the mediums I went to were really good. I mean, first of all, I connected with Forever Family relatively early on, like 2007. So um, right at the beginning of me trying to learn everything. So a lot of the medium events were their events and so, and they have great mediums. So that was, you know, they were really good. And then, yeah, so I don't think any of the 
mediums that I went to were not good mediums, but in, on many occasions, they would not read something accurately of me. Like they would give me a sign and I'd be like, just like you're saying, like, no, that doesn't ring. That doesn't ring. That doesn't ring. But in many cases, it's because I didn't know what they were even referring to. So I'll give you an example. I went to another medium, Robert Hansen, who's also in my book. And I was there in a, in a gallery setting group of 50 people. And I wasn't going to one-on-one medium readings because I wasn't looking for anything in particular to be read myself. I was more trying to understand how it all works. So it was helpful to me to be in group settings, even if I wasn't read, because I would see the dynamic and see how the different mediums worked. And I was really more interested in just learning, not in getting a reading. But I was at this group and I was with a girlfriend. I was sort of turning her on to this whole thing for the first time. We went to Robert Hansen, who was a um, group of 50 people, and he happened to read me. My mother-in-law came through, Lucille. She, he brought up my husband's name, Ralph, and uh, Dom. He had a lot of great hits. A lot of the, but then at one point he was saying, I am seeing a, a Lionel train set. Do you put, it was January of a particular year, probably 2008. And he had, so he asked about the holidays. Do you put trains around a Christmas tree or something at the holidays? I'm seeing like a train set. And I was like, no. And he said, what about when you were growing up? Did you have trains when you were growing up around the Christmas tree or anything? No. Did you make a Christmas village with a train going around? I'm seeing, and he kept up and up and up. And I always found it fascinating. Like I always felt that you can really tell a, I think a good medium, when they keep insisting on something and there's a group of people, they're clearly wrong. It's like, why are they insisting? They're, in, they're probably really insisting because they're getting some information and they're really trying to make it, have it make sense to them and to the reader. So he kept going and going and I kept thinking to myself, geez, I wish he would stop this because it's obviously you know, not accurate. But anyway, he kept it up and he said, well, I'm seeing a Lionel train set. Did you ever go on a steam engine vacation with your mother-in-law? And I was like, no, we didn't go on any steam engine vacation. I was on a steam, we took the kids to a steam engine at one point. My mother-in-law wasn't there. No, no, no. So everything was no. And he goes, well, I'm seeing, what I'm seeing is a man holding a Lionel train in his hand. So I think there's some you know, trains in your house or something like that. And I was like, no, no, no. We actually left, I left, drove home that evening with my girlfriend. And I said, he, and she was fascinated. She was like, oh my God, because there was so many hits. And I was like, yeah, the only thing is I wish he had given up on the- tr- Hits on your reading or just for other people? Hits on my reading because he- So there were other things that were very accurate. Oh yeah. He had my mother-in-law's name, Lucille. He said, who's Ralph, which is my husband's name. He said, I'm seeing Dom. Is Dom related to them? Dom's my father-in-law. He said, I'm seeing a, a baby that's a Gemini. That's my nephew. So, And then he said, I'm also seeing a little girl who is blind because I'm seeing holes in her eyes. I have a niece. She's since passed, but at that time she had him. A niece who was legally blind. She was uh, had been born with cancer and had aggressive chemotherapy and surgeries when she was two years old one year old, two years old, and had left her legally blind. So he, he brought that up. He said, I'm seeing her, I'm seeing a, a girl with holes in her, her skull, which to me means she's blind. So he had a lot of hits before he went down this wrong road of the train. And uh, so I said to my girlfriend as I was driving home, I just wish he had stopped with the train thing. It obviously wasn't for me. And, he, and Robert Hansen is a very meticulous reader. 
Like if the, if the person next to you says, wait a minute, I have steam engine trains, he'll say, no, 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 this is for this person. <laughs> like he doesn't, whereas other people would be like, all right, maybe I'm reading the person next to you. He, he knows who he's reading. He's right on the, you know, very uh, talented that way. So anyway, that was what I thought was a mixed, I'll say, reading. He obviously was very talented, but had missed the boat on that. That was on a, a Wednesday, I think it was a Monday or a Wednesday in January. And then that following weekend, I visited my parents. They live very close to me and I visit them every weekend. And I'm sitting and I'm telling them, I had already turned them on to the whole thing, uh, afterlife thing. And I'm telling them about this experience. And I'm saying, the only thing is he brought up this train thing. And I went through the whole thing that he was insisting that there's like trains, Lionel trains, and he saw somebody holding trains and blah, blah, blah. And my father says, what? And I was like, and I say it again. And my father says, that's so odd. Last week, I was in the basement, cleaning out the basement, and I found your brother's train set, Lionel Trains, from when he was growing up. And I opened the box, and I was holding the trains in my hand, and I was trying to figure out, do I throw them out or keep them? And I just sat there like, oh my God. So when people say, well, maybe they're reading your mind. Well, they couldn't have read my mind. I didn't even know this, you know? So my, my father then says to me, so what are you telling me? And I'm like, I don't know. And he said, are you telling me someone was in the basement watching me? And I was like, dad, I, I honestly don't know what I'm telling you. I don't, I mean, <laughs> now, now I understand. Now, you know, after years of, of research, I understand that, yes, the spirits were right there. And probably it was my dear uncle, my father, and my uncle, so close, or maybe my grandparents on my father's side that were going to try and break through in that reading if I had just opened myself up to that Lionel train reading. But I had shut it down because it made no, absolutely no sense to me. But that was an amazing, another amazing piece of information because here the other side specifically had me experience that so that I would understand that sometimes the messages aren't for me. They're not, they're not for the person it's being delivered to in all walks of life, just like that book to the security guard. Hi everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, what the fuck just happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me. 
and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to WTFJustHappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justice after the loss of her father, David Justice, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to makingheadway.org backslash clubcare programs for a complete list of programs and activities. Approximately 185,000 murder cases went unsolved from 1980 to 2019. On average, 66% of homicides are solved each year. So what about the other 34%? Alarmingly, the number of murder cases that went unsolved by police hit a new high in 2020, resulting in only 50% of cases being solved, leaving far too many families with no answers, no resolution, no closure. That's why we investigate and report on unsolved cases, to spread the word in hopes of helping families who are searching for answers. We don't sleep, we're just actively looking for her. These girls were alive. They were living, breathing people. They weren't a picture in the media. There was a, a body found in a truck recently. None of us know anything about that body. Who, who was it? What happened? What could have happened? Who could have been involved? There's no answer. And, and it's just horrible. A true crime series investigating mysterious unsolved cases. Real people, real stories, real crimes. Tune into Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. Available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. We are at Speaking of Crime on Instagram and Facebook, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. So Olivia asks, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? I've always thought they were the same thing, but it seems you've mentioned in your podcast, they're actually two different things. Hi, Olivia. That's a good question. I actually used to think they were the same too, but they're not. So there is a quote that I learned by Lloyd Arbach, and it seems to be kind of the general consensus in parapsychological research. All mediums are psychic. 
but not all psychics are mediums. So what's the difference? The difference is in a medium reading, the medium is communicating with the consciousness of our deceased loved ones. In a psychic reading, the psychic or the psychic medium is reading a living person's energy. That's when if you went to get a reading, a psychic reading about yourself, that's when they would know things such as occurrences that happened in your past, what's going on with your love life, finances, career, health. Those are the type of questions people usually want answered in a psychic reading. In a medium reading, that's when either people want to communicate with someone who's passed away. That's when researchers are studying, or if you personally want to see for yourself, is it possible that we survive bodily death, that our consciousness survives in some way? And so those are two different types of readings. I will go into more in other episodes about how you can tell which is which and some of the research done on both. But a really interesting episode where I talk about this is episode 31 with Mark Bacuzzi, one of the co-founders of Winbridge Institute, because they have studied the difference between the two types of readings and how do we know a medium is not just reading us psychically. And I think that's there's a lot of interesting research on that topic, which I'll go into in later episodes. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. That's the end of part one of my conversation with Annette Marinaccio. Join us next time as we continue our conversation. Also, here is where you can find Annette, follow her, and buy her book. So I have a website. It's AnnetteMarinaccio.com. And I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And my book is on with my name. And my book, Your Soul Focus, is on, sold on Amazon. It's on Audible. And it is on Barnes & Noble. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened, A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife, and you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello 
at wtfjusthappened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened. <laughs>